Hi guys, Rob here, podcast editor for EveryMind. In this episode, we speak to Anna Chenery of The Project Bench. Anna gives us valuable insights on being a woman in the workplace and how we can also navigate through these tough times. If you like this episode, don't forget to write us a review on iTunes and share with a friend. And as ever, enjoy the show. So Anna, welcome to the EveryMind podcast. Thank you for taking the time out today. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. I know obviously people can't see this on the podcast, but I was just complimenting your background. It makes me want to go away. And you said that's quite iconic to your business, right? So if we if we um if we start there, can you just let us know a little bit more about who you are and, and also what you do today? Yeah, sure. So um so I'm Anna Chenery and I started a business called the Project Bench. Um and it's just coming up to two years old actually. Wow. Um so uh, yeah, quite um quite relevant. Um so uh, I, I kind of recognised that there was um a need in the market for for sort of I guess more um project um suppliers. Uh, I do you know the business does what it says on the tin, provide a project specialist, build out a bench of um, a project specialist it's something that I've always been quite passionate about is the sort of the more flexible way of working um, and so rather than kind of you know almost this sort of pre-COVID let's say um, nine to five way of, of working that we got into the habit of doing and that whole sort of presenteeism um, piece and um, this is how we do things around here actually the, the project bench very much encourages a different way of working um, and then that's for uh, that's for everybody. But working as on a sort of an interim basis in the main, so most people on the bench are um, set up as limited companies, and they've made a, a decision, um, a lifestyle decision, but a, a kind of a career decision, business decision to actually set up their own limited companies. Nice. And and what did you do before starting the business two years ago? Um, so prior to this, I was a um, partner in another recruitment business. So um, very much kind of you know focused on on sort of interim and um, perm. So my background is um, qualified in HR originally, long time ago. Um, moved into HR um, early days. Um, it was probably it wasn't sort of necessarily HR as we know it now, um, and kind of had a bit more sort of. Um, of a passion for for the talent side and the recruitment side, so like a lot of people, kind of fell into it, fell into recruitment, um, and uh, and so I've worked across a number of of, of kind of different um, disciplines, um, but a lot of it's been people focused, um, and by that I mean HR um, recruitment. So that's my background, that's my sweet spot, that's that's broadly. Um, where I come from um, but now it's about change and transformation and supporting businesses in that space. Nice and you mentioned which stood out to me about flexible working and you know during these COVID times obviously I'm, I'm sure you agree flexible working and the embrace in flexible working has had to accelerate. So obviously more employees are now working from home. They've tasted it. They might like it. They might want to do it for a couple of days a week at least. And some employers might be skeptical of doing that. So what's your overall sort of take on, on flexible working and in terms of the benefit, if we start with the employer, what kind of benefits do you see for employers when it comes to flexible working? Um, well, there's, there's two different uh, there's two different things there. So, so my view on and the the um, 
uh, I guess the the business is about about professional interims in the main. So it's about going in and doing short, sharp stints of of, of kind of interim and when you need that expertise in. So so you, you know you might be looking to implement a new system, new process, and um, you might have a big sort of people change going on. So it's about sort of providing that um, short term expertise. Um, to, to sort of you know to, to work on more of a project basis so that's that's sort of slightly different to sort of the broader flexible piece I've always been um, you know I've always been a kind of a big advocate for working in a way that suits people um, yeah. generally um, you know sort of remote working I think you know remote working was here to stay way before um, way before the pandemic um, and I think this is just sort of, you know, um, I think COVID has, has just sort of highlighted that actually we can work in a much more flexible way. Um, I do think we got into it, as I said before, we got into a habit of, of kind of of that sort of nine to five way of working. And there's so much downtime with that for, for businesses, um, but also for individuals. It's kind of like, why, why do you know, when you really look at it now, why do we spend so much time? on the road, going into offices when it's, it's, it's unnecessary. I think there's a nice balance that you can strike. And I think there's a blend of sort of making sure you're kind of developing a culture and you've got um, enough connection with the business. So there might be sort of, you know, there might be occasion where you kind of, you, you physically need to be together as a sort of a team or, or whatever. But most of it we can do in a much more flexible way. And um, so how we work, where we work, um, it, you know, it has to, it, you know, it has to change. And that's a big talent conundrum anyway. Um, so there was lots of the market, um, you know, and, and lots of and lots of women that, that sort of, you know, that weren't necessarily returning to work. There's loads of brilliant initiatives now. But, but sort of, you know, typically, um, you know, if we kind of, you know, if we go back sort of, say, you know, five, ten, um, ten years, probably even more recent than that, there's so much drop off and there still is actually so much drop off when, um, you know, when, when women go off on maternity leave, for example, not coming back into work because the priorities perhaps change and, and actually sort of, you know, it doesn't necessarily work for them. And that's, that's not just women either. It's, it's parents, it's situations change, you know, you might sort of have more of a, a you know, you might be a carer, you might have sort of, you know, other commitments that suddenly mean that you've got different priorities in your in your life. And I think, you know, just because you're not working the same hours doesn't mean that you can't sort of still perform that role. And I think every, I think a lot of businesses now are starting to think on a, on a much more of a sort of a deliverable basis, thinking about sort of the um, the actual output, which is great, which is, you know, giving everybody a bit more sort of a bit more flexibility. And that's and that's what's needed. Yeah, I agree. I agree massively. You know, I was speaking to um, one of our clients the other day and they were kind of talking about it. And it's almost trying to suggest to them that remote working, nine to five hybrid model, whatever it is, there is no right answer. Right. Because for, for some people, they are desperate to go back to the office because that's where they thrive. That's, you know, their personality. They like being around people. Whereas for a lot of others, the dread of going back to the office is, is real. You know, they, they really want to work from home. As you said, you know, they might have kids, they might struggle to go back to the, the office. Um, and it's, it's that individual approach, which workplaces has just avoided for so long, right? Because as you said, and, and we'll talk about it in just a minute as well, you know, if, if a, you know, a female employee obviously goes off on maternity leave, 
and then she comes back. Her drivers, her motivations, I'm sure, are completely different maybe when she she was there originally. And and that doesn't change, I don't think. I don't think the approach changes. It stays the same. It's very rigid. It doesn't, it's not very flexible. And I think that mm-hmm. can be massively, you know, impactful for sort of emotional well-being and how valued they feel within the organization. So um, yeah. if you don't mind sharing sort of your own personal experiences of obviously, you know, being in a professional environment as as a woman, you know, have you seen that there's been, you know, potentially things that you've missed out on because of because of being a woman? Um, I don't know whether I sort of I would say missed out on. I think sort of probably it's kind of you know you could say it's you could say it's sort of tougher. Um, uh, you know you could you could sort of look at a comparison to to sort of male counterparts, and you could sort of think, well, actually, it is more you know it is more difficult just purely on sort of the logistics of taking sort of time out of um, of work. I think it's a it's a broader issue than this, but but I guess sort of you know my personal experience I think if you um you know again you know for me it was about sort of having a a family so I've got two two children um and up until sort of you know I guess um going off on on sort of maternity leave at the time um I and again I think this is sort of quite (laughs) draconian way of of looking at things but this was you know it was my own um, my own making as well um, you know I kind of didn't sort of necessarily push myself from a career perspective because I knew that was going to want to start a family so at that point you know you, you sort of you, know, you probably kind of take a bit of a, a, a step off um, foot off the, the gas because actually you don't necessarily need or feel that you want that kind of pressure of, of sort of pushing forward and in terms of sort of the career and similarly when you come back as well again you sort of you know my priorities not the same for everybody but my priorities were, were, were sort of different um, and so I think you you refrain from really pushing yourself in sort of the work environment because you feel that actually if you did that that'd add more you know that's going to add more pressure which which in turn at the time probably meant more hours more commitment um less flexibility mm-hmm. um whereas actually what is brilliant is you're starting to see that that's now not necessarily the case um, and there was um uh it's it's um it's, it was written quite a while ago now but Cheryl Sandberg did the whole sort of leaning um series and that was about sort of actually really encouraging women to lean in to, to sort of, you know, to, to their careers and actually sort of, you know, regardless of what's going on in, in sort of your personal life to keep sort of challenging because that was a sort of bit of a gender disconnect as well. That was sort of, you know, that was creating a bit of a divide. Um, and obviously there was a challenge and there is still a challenge in terms of getting um, women into sort of, you know, leadership roles and boardroom and, and kind of exec level roles. Um, you know, there's still a massive divide there, and that's because sort of you know throughout the career, for whatever reason, there's more of a drop off in 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 females than there is there is with males. So, from that you know in that sense, yeah, I think it probably was um, it was tougher. And then I think I probably went a bit the other way as well. You know, when I think about it, it's only just as you've asked me that. I think I think it's almost a sort of right prove yourself. And um, so when you once you are back at it um, I think you sort of feel like you need to then sort of really kind of throw yourself into um, into work so my situation was um, and the dynamic from from sort of home life perspective was 
Um, my husband picked up a, a lot of the, um, the responsibility with the children, so pickups, drop-offs, um, you know, uh, making uh, making uh, tea, you know, everything everything that that um, that, that I guess um, before I went back to work, I probably would have, have done. It wasn't sort of even a kind of a compromise. It just all went to him. So I was leaving the house before, or leaving the house probably at six o'clock, and not coming back until. Um, bath time if I was lucky bedtime normally yeah um, and it, you know and that's a, you know it's always a choice I think it always is a choice um but but that was the sort of the choice that I made at the time um I just I, you know I, I kind of now can see and, I, and I'd like to think there's a better path there's a better route to that and that is all about the flexibility and there's a say it's a broader issue than um, you know, than the, the sort of the gender debate. It's, you know, it's a real sort of diversity and inclusion and belonging, you know, discussion. Um, and, I do, and I actually think sort of within my industry, there's probably more of a, um, there's probably more of a social mobility challenge um, than, than perhaps there is on a sort of a, um, necessarily a male-female debate. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, what I take from that is, is almost, we've always been put into boxes, right? And, you know, as a, as a mum, as you know, you, you get, you should be the one who, who stays at home and, and looks after the kids and, and not be going to work. And, and just from my own personal experience, you know, I know people that have had, you know, children and, and the, the, the mum has gone back to work very quickly. And yeah. there's always talk, right? There's always, you know, let's be honest, you know, unconsciously or consciously, there's always a bit of judgment of, oh, you know, she's going back to work early. You know, she should be at, staying at home with her kids. And and it is like we are putting people in boxes continuously, whether we we consciously do it or we unconsciously do it. Um, and what I've learned as I'm a parent as well, and what I've learned is 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 it is like so individual, right? You know, mm-hmm. sometimes me and my wife, we have discussions about, about it and for me I'm very driven by my work but that doesn't mean that I haven't learned so much from this lockdown period you know I've, I've always been quite flexible with I go to all of the sports days you know the parents evenings I sometimes help out as much as I possibly can and I want to be that active dad but coming up to lockdown I was commuting hour and a half into London hour and a half back you know sometimes not seeing them only maybe 10 minutes in the morning and you know that's you know it's made me realize as well I'm doing that because I'm like this aspirational guy who's trying to drive a business but actually that's not really really fulfills me you know I want to spend more time at home so um definitely we're putting people in boxes and how do we eliminate that is that is that just you know I look at the mental health box right you know mental illness box is it just time that's going to eliminate that or is it education what do you think it is I think it's I, I absolutely think it's education and I think it's sort of you know there needs to be a, a positive investment um, you know so if we're talking about the workplace there needs to be a sort of a positive investment as to how you're going to support your employees um, of, of every sort of you know kind of um, uh, background and every sort of you know uh, every, every type of personality and um, so you mentioned it before sort of the you know um, I've spoken to a, a number of people who sort of, you know, would describe themselves as, as more introverted. And actually, um, they've typically, um, those people that I've spoken to really enjoyed sort of, you know, kind of working from home and, and actually just being able to, to kind of 
crack on and get things done and and just you know the the workload that they're sort of they're getting through again that shouldn't sort of you know that shouldn't increase just because they're kind of you know they're doing more that should give them more of a balance um, but I think, you know, but some people are going to really struggle with it. Some people need to be sort of, as you said, around uh, around other people. But we've got to make that investment. It's a responsibility for, you know, for all businesses, I think, to have um, that, that diversity piece that um, and that, you know, inclusion and belonging on their agenda and really focus on that. Um, and I think sort of, you know, from that more positive sort of um well-being um strategies will, will sort of come and I, but I think we've got we've got to sort of you know we've actually got to be proactively talking about it and we've got to be educating and we've got to be thinking about it so you know my industry so in the recruitment industry as well we've got to really kind of challenge ourselves on on sort of um you know on, on how on why we're doing things the we the way that we're doing and why we recruit to sort of in in the way that we do um, you know, and, and whether that's giving sort of people equal opportunities as well. Um, you know, it's a much it's a much broader debate, um, but it needs to be something that that sort of um, that's on the agenda for for every business. Yeah. Definitely an education piece. And I think there are conversations that we we also shy away from. You know, we shy away from the conversation of mental health. And one of our recent guests was a lady called um, Sharon MacArthur, and she talks about menopause in women and obviously the impact that can have and the impact in the workplace. And um, I was really nervous going into that interview, right? Because I didn't know what to say. I didn't know if I was going to say the right thing or whether I was going to say something that was wrong. And I remember coming off the call and I was so educated on it now that it made me realize that, you know, I remember my mum going through the menopause, but I literally just dismissed it because I just thought it was just this thing that happened. And and then you understand the emotional element to it and the impact it can have on women. And and then I started to question, oh, wow, maybe I, you know, now I know that, you know, when my wife obviously goes through the menopause, which is, you know, you never know when, but of course it would probably be a while, then I'll, I'm better equipped now, right? And And I wouldn't have had that without that education piece of of listening to someone else and trying to understand it. Um, and in your experience, if we're looking at like an organization point of view, what is, what do you think is the best way of, of implementing more education, um, for employees? Um, I think, as I say, I think it does come under that whole sort of, you know, whether it's a well-being strategy or whether it's a sort of, a, you know, a kind of DNI or whether that's all under the same kind of, um, umbrella is just really sort of you know it's got to be something that's spoken about with the kind of the the you know the facts and figures of the business because it's it, it's about is it's about your sort of you know supporting your employees and there is there is no business that that sort of doesn't rely on its people so we know that um and we know that that sort of you know without the right people you, you know you, you can't trade so um so we've, we've got to make sure that we're providing the right environments and you know whether that's sort of whether that's sort of office homeworking or or whatever it is and and just the right kind of you know the right kind of working conditions and just an awareness it's raising that um awareness so that there's um there aren't any taboo subjects and I think you know you make a really good point you know menopause wasn't something that was was ever spoken about um uh, was it until until recently and it's huge as mm. another it's another um yeah, you know kind of huge reason for for sort of women feeling like that they're, they're not um 
you know they're not able to perform at this this sort of the same rate and level and and you know it can be a really kind of um really confusing time so i think sort of you know there needs to be that outlet there needs to be that support um and and you know i, I think sort of businesses need to commit to that as part of a as part of a broader um well-being uh, strategy because otherwise you sort of you know you're going to end up keep um keep losing um losing talent and and particularly for for women, you know, it's such a shame um, when when you sort of, you know, you see women drop out of, um, you know, drop out of the, the workplace altogether. Um, and I think, you know, there's something that, that sort of um, I've learned a lot about as, as well. Um, you know, I think also for a lot of those women, you know, kind of actually not, not actually being educated on this, you know, this, this is temporary. Mm. You know, it's not something that sort of, you know, those, those kind of, um, feelings and the sort of you know described as sort of bit of brain fog type of um, experience. It's it's temporary. It's not. But as if you've got the right employer and you've got the right support, you know you can get you can get through that um, and and you can sort of make sure that that sort of you you're coming out of the the other side of it and and actually um, you know stay, sticking with the sticking with the business as well so yeah I think that's um, I think that's huge but I think it, again it all comes down to the education doesn't it yeah yeah it, it is and I think we neglect that and, and I always talk personally about we're not educated on any of this at school right and we almost have to figure it out ourselves and 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 I think from an employer's point of view it is it is a responsibility to try and educate people on on those kind of topics and obviously this month for for the every mind app the feature is women's mental health you know month and we've had content obviously from from you know you and a couple of others sharing their own sort of journeys but also doing content on menopause and breastfeeding and postnatal depression and you know naturally as a as a guy, probably I wouldn't be drawn to that kind of content. But I've learned so much from from doing that, and I'm sure when I share my own story and my own experiences, I know a lot of sometimes women learn that okay, that's how maybe I can support my husband, or because you know he might deal with his emotions in a much different way than 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 I do. So, like you said, that education um, piece is is vital. I think you you said mm-hmm. something as well that stuck with me that I kind of want to touch on as well, just from your experience. You said about human resources being very different to, to what it is now. Um, what, what, what's the biggest difference that you, you've seen? Um, so I think um, I think probably, you know, when I went into, uh, so I did, uh, I did an HR um, degree, but I didn't necessarily walk into a, an HR um, department at, at the time. It was much more kind of, you know, what we used to call personnel. Um, so it wasn't sort of, you know, the business, you know, as it was viewed in that business, I'm not saying it was the same everywhere, um, but it wasn't seen as sort of, you know, uh, certainly as part of the, um, overall, um, it wasn't, certainly wasn't part of this sort of the exec, uh, makeup. They were, HR wasn't on the board. It was much more sort of tea and sympathy type of, um, outfit to, to sort of what it is um, now and HR you know it's been interesting hasn't it it's been interesting to sort of see which um, roles that perhaps we took for granted um, prior to, to sort of the pandemic to those that we've now cons- you know those people that we now consider key workers um, but the same kind of things happened within sort of you know within 
businesses too, hasn't it? And HR is definitely kind of, you know, has come to, to the front as actually being a really critical part of your, your businesses and quite rightly so. It, it's it's very much about, about your people and, with, and the trick I think we've been missing for a long time is the, you know, is the mental health now, whether that sits within sort of, you know, um, a kind of an HR um, you know, uh, strategy, a, a well-being strategy, wherever it is, that is that has to be a huge part of um, of, of any business, um, and and just kind of looking after your, you know, looking after your people, um, rather than sort of you know hiring, firing, um, you know, appraisals. That's kind of more what I, I sort of you know walked into, um, and that wasn't necessarily where I wanted to um, to be. Um, so at the time it was sort of you know talent was was more attractive to me but um but I think now HR I mean you know they have had to um the people certainly that I um support um and the um more sort of HR um biased project um folk on the the bench they've re- they've had to really graft over these um these last sort of um four to six months because yeah. you know they've had it they've had it all thrown at them um, and they've had to just sort of, you know, kind of deal deal with it, learn new legislation, work it all out as they go. Um, and, you know, and you will start to see now the difference between the businesses that just did the sort of the litigious um, uh, kind of um, reaction um, and practices because they had to. And those businesses that genuinely wanted to make sure that they were doing the right thing. And even if that meant that they were having to make um you know some some redundancies we're in a horrible um climate aren't we and and you know there is going to be sort of mass redundancies we've got more to come in in October obviously um but how you go about that how you engage how you communicate with people um and and how your employees feel will be quite telling um as to sort of what happens in in terms of of your talent and and whether they feel that you know you might sort of think that that sort of you know they they have no choice right now, but they will do. There's you know and there's there's always there's always options and um, and, and businesses that haven't looked out for them. Employees are going to feel it. Yeah, I love that. It's that you know short term mindset versus that kind of long term. Where are we driving the business? Um, mm. And yeah, it's you know HR as, as as a way that I see it has has the amount of responsibility that's been put on their hands over the last couple of months is, is staggering. And, and also I kind of often question sometimes, you know, obviously our focus is mental health. You know, sometimes it just gets, Oh, your, your HR, you know, you're the HR department. You've got to look after mental health. That's your responsibility alongside X, Y, Z and every, everything else that you've got to do. Um, and that almost becomes a challenge because they've spread, you know, they haven't got the time to be able to implement a wellbeing strategy that, you know, needs to be, needs to be applied. And they obviously struggle with that. And mm. from your experience, obviously from the, the maybe companies that you've worked in the past or that you obviously know of, when it comes to like a well-being strategy, do you feel like now we're seeing more and more companies take that more seriously and spending more time, more resources on that? Maybe in comparison to, as you said, when you started that job and HR didn't even have a, you know, wasn't even exec level. They were kind of almost there because I'm guessing sometimes they had to be there. So are you seeing a big shift as well? Um, yeah, I think so. We've still got a lot of work to do, um, you know. But there's definitely um, there's there's definitely positive 
um, positive signs, but but sort of you know long way to long way to go yet. I think. Yeah, it is. It's 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 going to take a long, 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 long time, isn't it? Um, another mm-hmm. question that I've got, if you don't mind sharing, and and you know, I know you said about almost as a woman in the workplace when you'd had your children, you went back to work, you almost felt like you had to prove yourself um, in a way. Did you find that that almost work and your job, your profession almost becomes an identity that then you sort of carry with you? And and that obviously can be quite exhausting in a way. Do you feel like that was the case? And I'm sure a lot of women would, would, you know, feel like that way as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I think that, you, you know, a lot of that you sort of, you know, uh, is about expectation um, of yourself um, and, uh, you know, um, and, and of, of, from your, your employer, I suppose. But um, but I think most of it comes from from ourselves and sort of, you know, and how much pressure we're putting um, we're putting on onto ourselves. So, um, you know, I can't say that that you know everything I've you know everything I've I've kind of done and the decisions I've made. You know, I, I always kind of think I've got you know I've got a, a choice. Um, but there was definitely a driver there to sort of to almost be the kind of um, superwoman type of, of um, you know of, of, of kind of role model for for you children and particularly for um, my daughter. Um, but then you know, and to be, be able to prove that you know, yeah, just because um, you know, just because I'm a, I'm a mum doesn't mean I can't sort of you know I can't achieve this. But I think actually, sort of you know, that needs to change. I think that sort of pulls out some um, uh, some bad behaviours. And again, it's in, you know, I've never, I've never really thought about where it's where that came from because I certainly didn't feel that I was being pushed into that um, to progress. Um, I knew that I needed to demonstrate certain traits, um, but but I think sort of you know it kind of the the um, the drivers kind of came from um, came from me to sort of you know to demonstrate that I could you know I could um, I, I could I could have it all and do it all and and all of that. But um, it's interesting, isn't it? As you sort of go through life, what what having it all means changes, um, you know, and and sort of you know certainly for me setting up the setting up the project bench was about kind of you know again to myself more than to anybody else proving that I could do it and that actually sort of you know a lot of the behaviors that you see in my industry you know there's a lot of promotion of the wrong um I say the wrong traits but it's sort of you know he or she who shouts the loudest it's that kind of thing you know there's a there's a, a um there's definitely a class piece of in, in it as well, just that's absolutely rife in, in my industry and um, that, that sort of, you know, that prevents people progressing. And I was really kind of, I was really keen to set up, um, set up the business. And then I had all of these projections. I had sort of, right, okay, where I'm, where I'm going to be um, year one. And, and I was fairly determined um, <clears throat> that it wasn't going to be. So it was kind of um, suggested to me that it was going to be a lifestyle business. Um, um, and I was, you know, I was, I was kind of, you know, I was really determined to, to sort of prove that it wasn't going to be that actually this is going to be um, a recruitment business that was going to be able to compete with sort of, you know, with all of the, the kind of the big players in the market and, um, and, and, you know, it was going to, to sort of, you know, year one, start adding in headcount, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of got to the end of year one and I just looked at it and I thought, right, okay, well, this is the point where I sort of said, well, I'm going to move into, 
city centre offices and I'm going to have um, this many employees. And I just thought, what, what am I actually doing that for? I'd, I'd, I'd kind of, lo- I totally lost the whole um, track of, of sort of why I was why I was doing it in the first place because my priorities changed. My priorities changed in that year and I just thought, I can, I, we can work differently. But because I'd never... I've never tried it. it. You know, it is quite um, it's it's quite a risk to take when there's a reliance on you as well. And like you said, sort of, you know, you 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 kind of you create this mantra, don't you? Of I'm I'm career orientated, and I'm I'm looking out, and I'm 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 doing this all for my family, and I'm doing and, and all of that, um, which absolutely you know might be your um, might be your drivers, but at the end of the day, you know, if you can if you can work more flexibly and you can spend a bit more time with the, the family and you can build something and um, build something out, you know, there's just a different way to skin it, isn't there? It's, yeah. it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be what you'd always thought of as successful yeah. business. Exactly. And, and that's, I think that's a really good point, you know, probably more than I do about, you know, policies and all of that. And, and it's almost, again, putting people in boxes, but as you've said, literally from you planning out the business to, you know, however long it was into the business when you thought, actually, I don't need to build it that way. Your priorities, your motivations, you know, your purpose, everything's changed. And same mm-hmm. with same with me and previous businesses and everything, you know, my priorities change. Do I want to build a massive business with lots of employees? And, you know, I've got a mission to, to get that product into as many hands as possible and to change like the phase of mental health. But if that comes at a cost of, of me being a dad and, and, you know, me being a husband and my own mental health, then I'll reevaluate that. Like you said, yeah. it's so, it's so important to, to kind of look at. Um, so I really, I really like that. And have you found that's been more beneficial for you? Like the, the way you are currently, I mean, you'll never know, right. About what, what could have happened, but do you feel like the way that you work now suits your, your lifestyle? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, you know, it definitely suits my. Um, t- you know, it suits the it suits the whole family. I think. Um, you know, more so than than sort of than than I kind of uh, I ever have done before. Um, and I always thought that I sort of you know I, I work flexibly, but it's you know, but it, this is a completely different ball game again. So, um, definitely works for me for you know for now. And I think that's you know that's so important is you've just got to have the right. You just got to strike the right balance for you. What you know, what works for you, and that's what businesses need to be thinking about. Is you know, you've got individuals with different needs that that is you know we need to be thinking about. Sort of you know, what is it that we're we're trying to achieve here, and how can we best sort of you know, um, you know, what's the best way for that one person to to work rather than you know rather than everybody being in you know working in uniform. It's just it's it's unnecessary. Yeah. Um, on that note as well, in terms of, in terms of, as we say, that kind of work-life balance, like personally for you, how do you find work-life balance? I mean, you know, I think so many people strive for work-life balance. I've got my own opinions of it. And um, obviously, I think everyone's still trying to figure it out, right? But, you know, how do you define work-life balance? And is there anything that you do to help you get that balance in life? Well, I definitely haven't, you know, I don't mind admitting I definitely haven't got a work-life balance right now because actually (laughs) I'm not sure how many people have. We're in a really weird situation, aren't we? So, you know, I'm like 
many parents and just kind of willing on, um, you know, September and getting the kids yeah, yeah. back to school. Uh, we're doing all right now because I've only got one at, uh, one at home and one's, uh, one's out with, with daddy, so that's great. But normally, you know, Scarlett would have been in several times by now for various mundane sort just of, say you know, Scarlett we're recording this just please don't come in yeah. <laughs> well no she's not here she it wouldn't oh. have made any difference in fact if I tell her you know mummy's doing something can you not come into my office if you need anything George will you know her brothers are around that that to her is is an indicator to knock on every two yeah. minutes oh she wants to know what's going on yeah exactly and then she comes and introduces herself to everybody as well you know we've all got used to that so I definitely haven't got a balance at the moment because I think uh, you know I think like most parents we've gone from from sort of you know the homeschooling um which was just uh you know which (laughs) we had tears pretty much every day every day I woke up and thought I'm going to be completely zen and it's going to be all I'm going to be like you know expectations again right we're talking yeah 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 Yeah. and then and then in the end we'd have tears and Scarlett would tell me that I'm I'm just it's it's so much worse homeschooling than being at school apparently um so um so that was difficult because it's trying to keep your hand in enough with the business so that it doesn't sort of you know it doesn't run down and I did need to step off at the beginning because a, it was a bit pointless and B, I just needed to sort of look after the, the, the family more. Um, and then a, a probably sort of the last two, you lose track of time, don't you? But probably the last two, three months, I've kind of picked back up a, again um, more so. And it's just, it, it's a difficult balance to strike right now. Um, but ordinarily, um, you know, as the children go back to school, I think that will, um, you know, that that will get better again. Um but it, it, but it's you know it's exactly that it's sort of you know I still have um, a lot for me and for me what works is is still having the same kind of discipline in terms of um, in terms of my output so you know I'm I'm, I'm quite sort of um, you know KPI am I focused on sort of right okay to, for it to look like sort of you know a good week I need to have achieved all of this but how when and you know and uh, I do that is is completely is completely up to me I do try uh, not to um you know not to come back to the, to the office in the evening because I think that's sort of you know it's important um for me it's important family time so for us to sit down to to, to dinner every night is is really important that's something that we never used to do um but you know we 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 do do that now um and it's just sort of making sure that that kind of I spend enough time um on me as well I think sort of that's the other bit you know I've I've always been kind of um quite keen on on just sort of you know making sure I've got as as clear a headspace as possible so getting out and running and uh, I started uh, cycling with my uh, neighbours and terrible cyclists. Um, but I've started cycling, you know, and we go first thing in the morning and that's before the kids are up. And again, that's that's my choice, yeah. but it kind of really clears my head. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I, bet. It's, I always find that getting up before everyone and, and going for a run or doing something like that is is the best for like my mental health, my day, everything. Yeah. I, really, I really like that. And from the sound of it as well, I think you've obviously probably learned over time it's that expectations of yourself and it's also um the guilt right you know when you're when you're working hard and you're trying to hit those kpis and you might not be spending as much time with the kids it's it's knowing that that's okay right you know it's not judging yourself for doing that and then at the same time when you're with the kids and you're you're spending time there but you're not working on the business and the kpis like 
it's knowing that that's okay as well and, and not judging yourself for that. Like that's something that I always sort of, you know, try and balance and yeah. knowing it's okay if I'm working right now and the kids are over there, you know, in there playing with, with mom and, you know, and all of that. But the same, and I've got a call tonight, which means, you know, I'll miss bedtimes, but it means that I'll have the weekend off and, and I can kind of prioritize it and shift it there. So I really like that approach. And, and I think you've naturally, by the sounds of it, learned those expectations are so key. In, in being able to deal with those work-life balances. Um, I've got three quick questions. So I, was quick, I want to say quick, you know, two are probably quicker than the third one um, that we always tend to um, end up on. I don't know whether you read much, but the first question is, what's the, the best book that you've read recently? Oh, well, it's, um, I would say, have you, have you read The Choice, Edith Eager? I've got, I've got it. I've, is it here? I've got it somewhere because I got it recommended to me, but I haven't dived into it yet. It's the best book I've ever read. Really? Um, uh, yeah, by a, by a country mile, and it's sort of um, uh, you know, it's it's so it's, it's a tough read, but it's a really good read, and it's you know, it's um, it's really poignant actually to what we're talking about, and it's it's basically all about you've always got a choice, and um, even in the face of, of sort of you know of, of adversity, it's your um, choice. And funnily enough, that was probably one of the books that I read, um, probably sort of you know, probably about six months ago. Um, and, and it just kind of thought, you know, it just was one of those that, that sort of things started to click into place. And I thought, yeah, that's absolutely, you know, it's absolutely right. You choose, you choose how you feel about, about things. So, you know, um, and it's, it's a great book to read from a sort of a, um, a mental health, mental discipline, just in terms of, of sort of how she, her view on, um, on life and her experience, her experience of Auschwitz, and and it's you know this pretty harrowing harrowing stuff in there. But what a remarkable woman and um, to have come through it. And now she's you know if you've if you've ever seen her um, uh, be interviewed as well. Um, so I saw her on uh, it was just on a sort of a, a kind of a daytime uh, program. And funnily enough, I did with uh, an, an appointment and the TV was on. And I saw her being interviewed um, and she was just absolutely remarkable. Um, so she's an elderly lady now. She, she qualified as a psychologist um, and she's just, she's a very, um, she's very well, um, well read, well educated and just got a fantastic mindset. And now she sits and listens to people talking about their problems with their marriage and you think well everything that she's been through and she yeah, can sit yeah. and listen to that. But her view is it will actually in that in their um, world, that's huge, and that's that's really important to them. And and she's just she's just absolutely um, absolutely fascinating. So yeah, if you've got it, get get it, get yeah, it read. I got recommended it for that exact reason, and I've never I've never dived into it still. So, yeah, that's good. Called uh, the choice. Yeah. And I, lo- I love that whole philosophy. Like I, lo- I read a lot of books like that. One of my other favorite books is Man's Search for Meaning. I don't know if you've you've read that. Yeah. It's very similar. And um. And my favorite. I've not, re- I've not read it, but I've heard, I've heard about it. Someone mentioned it the other day, actually. Yeah, it's, it's it's very similar. And again, it's like you know his own story, but at the same time, how meaning in his life and and holding on to to hope, you know, kept him going through what he needed to. And also, one of my favorite quotes, which is similar to what you were just saying a minute ago, is um, Wayne dies. Says when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. I don't know if you ever heard of that. But yeah, yeah. It's like you yeah. said. It's, it's um. I'll definitely dive into it. I'll dive into it tonight. You've inspired me. Um, yeah, I would. Yeah. You won't be disappointed. You won't be able to put it down. Yeah, yeah, 100%. The next, the next question, which I think we're going to ex- 
extend the amount. Um, and this is a bit of a, a strange one, but what's the best gadget or tool or it can be anything that you've purchased recently under a hundred pounds that's oh. benefited your life? Uh, best. I'm not really a gadget person. Um, everyone, everyone, got- says, everyone says not a gadget person. It could be anything. It could be, could be, it could be an audio book. It could be a subscription to something. It could be anything. No, um, I'll tell you what we have um, We have uh, got, although we've gone off it slightly, um, just because you said subscription then. Have you heard of the, of the Calm app? So that's yeah. a, they, uh, that's quite that's quite um, good, but there's only so many times you can listen to Stephen Fry talking about sort of lavender yeah. fields. I'm kind of... Uh, <laughs> have, you heard of um, have you heard of the Moshi app? No. So Moshi, just quickly, Moshi is, is owned by Calm. So do you know Moshi Monsters? Yeah. yeah. The guy who started Moshi Monsters started the app Calm. Right. Um, and they've just launched an app called Moshi, which is meditation and sleep stories for children. And oh, cool. we paid a subscription for it. And my youngest is four. And he goes to bed with it every single night like that. And it's oh, like really? Sleep meditation for kids. Yeah. It's, it's a good app. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, I'll look into that. But did you um, not like Calm then in the end? Like... So we'll probably sort of we'll probably go back to it um, <laughs> again, but uh, yeah, no, I think I think we I don't know I don't know whether we sort of overdid it. <laughs> Only so much Stephen Fry can listen to. Yeah, 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 very um, soothing, but yeah. <laughs> and then the final final question, and this you know this is quite a broad question. Again, you know, be as answer it in however way you you want to. If someone is struggling with their, their kind of mental health or, or struggling with how they're feeling, just from your own experience, you know, everything that you've kind of experienced, you know, what advice would you, would you give to them? Um, I think the key thing is is talk and um, talk to, to somebody and and kind of, you know, it's um, well known um phrase now isn't it but it's okay not to be okay um and and I think sort of you know we really need to get to a point where sort of there isn't the same kind of stigma around mental health um, and it's seen as a weakness and that's certainly something that that sort of you know I used to see um particularly in sort of the you know particularly in in kind of the workplace um you know going back some time now whereas actually you know our mental health we should be as comfortable talking about our mental health as we are our physical health. Yeah. Um, and we're quite happy to talk about how much we're trained in a week and what we're into, but we don't talk about sort of, you know, what, how much we've kind of, um, you know, uh, how we're feeling and, and sort of, you know, and how, how our mental health is. Um, and, and that, you know, I think it's sort of, you know, it's important for us all to do that. But I think if anybody's, um, anybody's struggling, um, they, you know, there's so much support out there, but just talk to somebody uh, about it and just, you know, and, and get and get that support. Um, and know that that sort of, you know, um, I think when you're in this sort of the eye of the storm as well, it feels like there's there's, you know, there's no way out. But again, those that will pass that feeling that sort of, you know, the whole um, uh uh, kind of the black dog type of scenario if you kind of you you look at sort of you know things like things like that on online you know it, 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 at points it, it comes back and it's sort of you know and it's very kind of um from a, a depression perspective you know it can be very sort of it can be very present but you just need to know that you you know it's it's a temporary feeling and it, you know you will get through it and there is you know there is light at the end of the tunnel so just talk to people 
Amazing answer. I love that. Anna, thank you so much for coming on. It's been very insightful for me and hopefully for everyone um, listening or watching. Just quickly, um, can you let everyone know a little bit more about how they can find out more about you or the business? Um, any links that they can go to? Um, yeah, so the Project Bench is, um, is um, theprojectbench.co.uk. Um, so you can go and find out all about it um, there. And if you wanted to get in touch with me um, directly, it's just Anna at theprojectbench.co.uk. Good stuff. And I'll get Rob up to link up in the description of all of that as well. Um, Anna, thank you so much for taking the time out. I really do appreciate it. And from all of us at EveryMind, keep up the um, amazing work on your thank side. Thank you. Well. Thanks so much. I've really enjoyed it. Good to talk to you.